Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Welcome everybody that's listening online right now. Come on, give it up for everybody. We're bigger than these four walls. We have people that listen from all over the world, and so... We just want to welcome everybody. Uh, Romans eight thirty one through 37. I'm going to jump into the word. I got to one point last message. And uh, I'm going to try and get to two this one. Out of three. Two out of three ain't bad. Amen. One, maybe one out of three. We'll see what happens. Romans eight thirty one. We're going to read through verse 37. It says this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, if I could just say this real quick, I don't know who you are and what you came in, but I just want you to know that God is for you. God is on your side. He's fighting on your side. There's somebody in here and you feel like you've been in a battle. You feel like you're all alone, that nobody's around. Can I tell you that God is for you? That he sees the the tears in secret come on I don't know who I'm preaching to he sees the tears in secret and he's fighting on your behalf and right now you don't see how it's going to become good but I'm telling you right now that God's going to work it out so you're good because he's for you amen God is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all And shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who who is who? uh, I'm sorry. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore, it is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all things, come on, somebody say all things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, because we have a saying here that paper never forgets, you can title this message, More Than a Conqueror. More Than a Conqueror. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. Thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen, amen. You know, uh, here's the thing is, what's amazing is the Bible says that we are more than conquerors. You know, I have a hard time wrapping my, my brain around this because I don't know what more than a conqueror looks like. I know what a conqueror looks like. Come on. I've seen conquerors in movies. Come on, like Gladiator. It's an awesome movie right? 
just makes you want to kick tail, right? I, I don't know what it is about those movies. But, oh, come on, Braveheart. Maybe you're a Braveheart fan, you know? It's, it's these movies that you see are Rudy. Come on, somebody. You can't help but love the movie Rudy. If you can watch that movie without crying, you don't have a heart. But we've seen these movies and, and, and things that we've seen conquerors in these movies and, and people who face great adversity and have overcome. And so we kind of know what a conqueror looks like. Come on, some of us watched the Super Bowl last, come on, Sunday, and we saw what a real conqueror looks like. Like them, love them, hate them, I don't care. I'm a Cowboys fan, so I ain't rooting for anybody. But the thing is, is we saw somebody overcome great adversity in the second half, right? So we've seen conquerors. We've seen people. But here's the thing, is the Bible doesn't say that you're just a conqueror. He says that you're more than a conqueror. I think just being a conqueror would be awesome. You know, if people called me Brian the Conqueror from now on, Come on, here comes Brian the Conqueror, you know what I mean? Like, that's a pretty awesome title, I think. Man, that's awesome. But here's the thing, is the Bible doesn't say just that you're a conqueror. He says that you're more than a conqueror. And so when I read this, I would always kind of a little bit confused about that. What does a more than a conqueror look like? One day I finally saw what it looked like to be more than a conqueror because uh, there was I was watching a boxing match. And in this boxing match, it was a heavyweight fight and these fighters are going toe to toe. Come on somebody. How many of you like just an all out slug fest? And these guys are fighting. And I mean they're they're trying to win the title and they're going at it and I mean it's it ends up being a 10 round fight and finally a victor is named. It it comes out he knocks the other guy down, knocks him out and and the victor's named. And what happens is is y'all have seen this picture and this image is at the end of the fight he's standing in the middle of the ring. Come on, everybody's around him wanting to get words from him. He's standing in the middle of the ring and he's holding up in one hand a heavyweight title. The belt. Come on. And in the other hand he has a massive check. Come on. You seen what these guys get paid? for one fight, a massive check in the other hand. I want one of these big checks. You know what I mean? Like just big, I wish I got paid in big checks. That would be awesome. Just taking it to the bank. Sorry. I don't know what's going on. So he's got this big check in the other hand and, and you know, the fight's done. He's beat up. He's sweaty. He's worked hard. He's earned this victory. He's trained hard for this victory, all of this stuff. And what happens amazes me because this lady comes walking up and she steps into the ring. And she's got a dress on and heels on and dressed up, hasn't broken a sweat. And she walks over to her husband, who has just won the victor. He's just won this victory. Walks over to him, congratulates him on the win, and proceeds to grab the check out of his hand and begin to hold it up. Come on, somebody. And all of a sudden, I realized what it looked like to be more than a conqueror. 
Because this man had just been victorious. He had just won. But this lady had done nothing to earn the victory. She hadn't trained for it. She hadn't worked for it. She hadn't done anything. And here's the thing. Is that she still was entitled to every dollar that that man earned. Why? Because she had a relationship with the one who had the victory. And that's exactly the same thing. So when the Bible says that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, he's saying this. I've already won won the battle. I've already won the war. I've already won the fight. I've already gotten victory for you. And all you have to do is step in the ring and claim the earnings. See, here's the thing is the Bible says that you're more than a conqueror. You're more. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than, and you haven't done anything to earn what Jesus has paid for. He fought, he died, he bled for you. He was raised again on the third day and everything that he has earned and fought for is yours freely. The Bible says this, that he freely gives us all things. So therefore, you are more than a conqueror. See, here's the thing, is that I think a lot of people aren't using what God has given them. Come on, we're not using the power that God has given us. And the word of God, it says there, there's promise after promise after promise, and they're all for us. Have you ever had a benefit that you had that was yours that you didn't use? Uh, I, I found out that I had one of these, and uh, Crystal and I, we always buy used vehicles, Right? And uh, not saying anything, we got car dealers in here, buy new cars. And, and all the car dealers said amen. But we buy used, right? And that, that's just, we let somebody else take the bath on that. And, uh, and so we bought this used car, and normally we, we turn out pretty good. We end up like, hey, this, this works out pretty good. We save some money. And, but this one particular time we bought a car, and it didn't work out so good. Because this car broke down all the time. Like, I mean, if it could go wrong, it went wrong. And, and what, the car was an Acura, and, uh, which is a nice car. You know, there's nothing, nothing bad about Acuras. But what ended up happening is, is we ended up spending more on repairs for this car than we did on the car itself. I mean, it broke down all the time. And just so you know, if a transmission goes out in an Acura, it's $6,000. Lord Jesus, I about passed out. Right. And so, um, but anyways, but, but there's never an opportune time for a breakdown, right? You never, you never think, oh, you know what? This is convenient. Maybe some of you have had your car break down right as you're pulling into the service station and that's cool. But my, this car seemed to always find the most inopportune time. Like it would make sure that we were 30, 40 miles from the nearest service station before it broke down. It just did. And Crystal would call me and she'd say, guess what? Finally, it just got to be like this. You just got to laugh. You ever have a situation so bad, you just got to laugh about it? And, uh, and so I was like, Are you? I actually didn't laugh. I, I said things that a pastor shouldn't say. But, but here's the thing is, is that she would call me and she said, guess what? And she's laughing. I never will forget it. She's laughing. And I'm like, why are you laughing? It's not funny. And, uh, and, and we, we kept having to have this. So I'd have to call a tow truck. The tow truck would show up, tow my wife, pick, pick it up, take it to the service station. And tow trucks aren't cheap. They're expensive. And finally, we, we, uh, we traded the car in, got another car, and, 
And, uh, and, and, you know, amen to that. We're, we're doing good. There's no more repairs. Well, one day my, my wife was talking to our insurance agent and, uh, you know, she's just like, Hey, you know, you know, just wanted to call and see what the pricing was. And, and she goes, you know what? You could save a lot of money. And I said, she said, uh, really? Yeah. You just reduce your coverage, you know? And Crystal goes, no, we like to have pretty, we like to be covered really well on our insurance. And she's like, yeah, but there's just a few things that you could cut out that would save you quite a bit. Like, uh, you could cut out towing. (laughs) And Crystal goes, um, excuse me. And she goes, yeah, you know, towing right now you have on your insurance policy that your vehicle can be towed anywhere up to a hundred miles. And it costs you nothing. Now here's the thing. Crystal called me laughing. Yet again. And said this. Hey, guess what we have? And I said, what? She goes, we have free towing on our insurance policy. Now here's the thing. Is that all along I had a benefit that I had paid for but that I didn't use, right? I didn't know that it, and the reason why I didn't use it is because I didn't know it belonged to me. And I think that that's exactly where most Christians are, is that we have benefits in the word of God that we're not using because we don't, not because we don't want to use them, it's because that we don't even know that they're there. We think this, that that Christianity is a ticket to heaven. Come on, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Come on, one day I'm gonna go to heaven. One day I'm gonna taste and see that the Lord is good. One day on the sweet by and by. And the truth is, is while that's true and heaven will be your home, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, absolutely. But that's not all there is. There are benefits throughout the word of God that apply to your life. And if you would begin to search his word, you begin to see what belongs to you. And some of you are paying for something that's been paid for. And here's the thing is that you got to understand in Psalms 103, two through five, let me, let me get there. Psalms 103, two through five, it says this, bless the Lord. O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Meaning that there is more than just one. Is anybody with me? All of his benefits. And then here it goes. Who forgives all your iniquities. We got that one down. Come on, I ask Jesus for forgiveness whenever I do something wrong. Everybody's pretty good at that one. But it goes on to say this. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. See, here's the thing, is the psalmist is saying this, there's so much more than just salvation in God. There's so much more that belongs to you, but most Christians aren't using the benefits that's in your policy. You're not using what God has given to, given you. You're not using what he's already bought and paid for. And here's the thing, is that most of us need to understand that we have to fight for these on a regular basis. It's something that I wish I could say, man, because here's the deal, is that whenever I preach a message, guess what? I got to live it. When I preached on forgiveness, man, you want to talk about people made me so mad. Right? 
And now that I'm preaching on the word of God, and guess what? I get up and I preach a message called Fight Like Jesus, and I go home to a son who's sick, who's running fever, who's coughing like crazy. How many of you, I don't know about you, coughing just drives me nuts. Is anybody else? It's like nails on a chalkboard to me. I don't understand why. And here's the, and Crystal goes, he can't help it. I'm like, I know he can't help it, but it's driving me absolutely bonkers. It's just one of those things that just drives me crazy. But here I am, and he's, he's running fever, and he's not feeling well. And I've just preached a message called, it is written. Come on, fight like Jesus. Now, guess what? I got to go home and start applying the benefits that Jesus has paid for. And so I go in, and I lay hands on him, and I say, God, I thank you right now that by the stripes of Jesus, he is healed. And I begin to pray for him. Guess what happens? Two or three days later, I start feeling sick. He's feeling better and I'm feeling sick. But guess what? I don't forget his benefits. I keep applying them to my life. I keep saying, you know what, God? I thank you right now that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Here's the thing is I don't know what you're going through in life. Maybe it's not sickness. Maybe it's you're having difficulty in your marriage or with your kids or with your business. Maybe you're in a good season. It doesn't matter. But here's the thing is it doesn't matter what season you're in in life. There is a scripture that applies to it. There's a benefit in the word of God that you can use and apply to your life. If you'll just start digging into the policy and saying, you know what, God, I'm going to find out the promises because the Bible says that all of his promises are yes and amen to those that are in Christ Jesus. Come on. The psalmist said, forget none of his benefits. So if God has benefits for our life, why aren't we using them? Why aren't we applying them to our life? So can I give you some reasons? I'm just going to leave it there. Not two or three. We'll see where we go. Can I give you some reasons why I think it's important for this church, for you, to read the Word of God? Amen? And I, we discussed last week, it's not because it's a religious duty. It's not a religious obligation. But can I give you some real reasons why you need to read the Word of God? Number one. So we can see who we are. So we can see who we are. Second Corinthians 3.18 says this, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Come on, we sang about it earlier. Glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord is. See, here's the thing is it doesn't matter how many times I've read the Bible. It continually is calling me to go up higher. See, I started, my dad, man, I I grew up, my dad was like, hey, Brian, you're going to read the Bible. And he made, I thank God, he made me read the Bible every day. But here's the deal is that whenever I started reading the Bible, I was one way. And then now I'm completely different. Crystal always says this, that she thinks she's married to a different man every two years. Come on, keeps marriage spicy. Amen. 
But the thing is, is the reason why it's like that is because I'm reading the word of God. And as I read the word of God, I'm getting a picture of what God is calling me to be. It's not that I, it happens overnight, but as I begin to see it and it's laid out in front of me, God's saying this, I, I've called you to more. I've called you to greater. I've called you to higher. And so as I see it in the word of God, I begin to apply it to my life. How many of you uh, like putting together puzzles? Anybody in here? Okay, we got some puzzle people. I'm not a big puzzle person. I got more to do with my time. Just kidding. I like watch TV. Just kidding. At least you're doing something productive. But, but you know, one thing, I, I've never like really liked putting together puzzles much, but uh, one thing, I, I had some family that really liked putting together puzzles, and, and we'd go in the house, you know, grandmothers and uncles and stuff, and they'd put, be putting together a puzzle, and, and uh, when, I was a firefighter paramedic for years, and we'd go into a nursing home, and it never felt that over in the corner, come on, some, some little old lady or little old man was putting together a puzzle. And, and one thing that I've always noticed about people that put together puzzles is one thing, is they always get the puzzle... They open it, obviously, and they pour the pieces out on the table, right? Y'all with me? But one thing that they do, every one of them, and I've always seen this, is they keep the picture of what the puzzle is supposed to be in front of them, right? They lay all the pieces out so that they have them, and then they look at a picture at what it's supposed to be, and then off of what the picture shows, they begin to piece it together piece by piece. See, here's the thing is, when I read the Word of God, my life, when I, when I started reading the Word of God, my life felt like it was in pieces, right? I, I didn't know where anything went. I didn't know where it was supposed to go. I didn't know what it was supposed to look like. But as I began to read the word of God, I began to see a picture of what God had planned for my life. And as I saw the picture held up in f- front of me, I began to be transformed from glory to glory to glory. See, it's not something that happens overnight, church, but as you begin to see a picture of what God has planned for your life, you begin to fit the pieces into place. The Bible says this, that I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. Can I tell you this, that God has plans for each and every one of your life. He has a picture laid out in front of you, and he says this, that I have a plan and I have a picture. But here's the thing, is most of you aren't seeing the picture, so you've never fulfilled your full potential. You don't realize that God has called you to greater that God's called you to more. See, you gotta understand that it was in the word of God that I saw that I was the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I wasn't what I did, I was what he called me to be. It was in the word of God that I saw this, that old things had passed away, all things had become new. That means that I'm free from my past. Come on, it was in the word of God that I began to see that he has greater things in store for me than what I could ever think, ask, think, or imagine. It's in the word of God that I begin to get a picture of my full potential. So when I see the word, I see what I can be. Here's the thing is if you can't see it, you can't be it. And a lot of people have thrown away the picture. And God is saying this, if you'll just open up the word, I can show you what I've called you to be. Amen? Number two, I'm going to do this. Number two, 
Because communication is key. Because communication is key. Matthew 7, 7 through 8 says this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. You know, here's the thing is, is ask, seek, knock. All of these spell out the acronym, come on, ask. I think God's trying to get something to you. He wants you to know that communication is key. You know, I always wondered, used to, I used to wonder, why in the world does a God who created me make me ask for things I need? Right? He says this, that he knows your needs before you ever have them. So I was like, man, why in the world, God, do I have to ask you for something I need? You know, you know I have need of it before I even ask for it. So why do I have to keep asking? Why do I have to pray? Why do I have to believe God? And then I had kids. For all of you that don't have kids, let me just tell you, when a, when a, a baby is, is born, they have really three needs. That's about it. They need a diaper change. Come on. They need food or they want attention. And what they do to get all of these things is the same thing. They cry all the time. Unless you have a good baby. They all, yeah, my baby never cries. Yeah, well, we hate you. I'm just kidding. My kids cried all the time. But here's the thing is that when they're babies, I accepted that. And I would figure out what they needed. It was, I either they need a diaper change, you check, come on, they need food, or they just want attention. I knew that they had one of three needs, and I would just make sure, and I would check. But here's the thing, as they get older, they, they begin to be able to communicate. Now, here's the thing is that every kid, every kid doesn't want to communicate. Most of them point and say, ugh. (laughs) Or they start crying to try to get what they want. And every parent has said this, use your words. What? Use your words. If you want food, ask for food. If you need to be changed, ask to be changed. Whatever you want, you have to ask for. Because the truth is, as a parent, you understand that communication is key. They can't go through life grunting. Right? Uh, They can't. Go through life grunting, they have to learn that their mouth produces results. If they want to see change in their circumstance, they must say it. If they want to see something happen, they must say it. Here's the thing. The reason why you have to ask is because the God of the universe, the creator of all things, said this. He stepped into the darkness and said, light So here's the thing, is that if God had to say something to see it happen, what makes you think that you're any different? And some of you are crying about something you should be asking for. 
You're whining about your situation. You're whining about your circumstance. You're complaining. But let me ask you this, church. Are you asking? Because the Bible says this, ask and you shall receive. Ask. Some of you need to start opening your mouth and saying, God, I need you to change this circumstance. God, I need help in my marriage. God, I need help raising my kids. God, I need help in my business. And you begin to open your mouth. And as you open your mouth and proclaim his goodness and proclaim what he's given you and proclaim his benefits, guess what happens? Things begin to change. Things begin to turn around. You have to ask. If you want to see it come to pass, you have to ask. But how will you know what to ask for if you don't know it's there? When I open the word of God and it says to me that all of his promises, and then I stumble across a promise and I say, God, I thank you. And I begin to thank God for what he's given me. And when I come into a bad situation, I begin to pray and I say, God, I thank you that you're turning this situation around for my good. Here's the thing, church. You read the word of God so you can see what it says you are. and So you can say what it says you can be. Amen. Stand on your feet. the church rc we aim to help you encounter jesus if you want to further connect with us you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on facebook twitter and instagram at the church rc if you have a story to share about how god is moving in your life you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com